Hyundai Hans Ingram is a normal championship win at an exciting, incredible weekend of brands. Hello and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast and what a final weekend we have had at Brands. Yes. Yes? You're not so sure? I don't know, I'm always negative to start yes, off with Yes, you are always night. negative. It's, it's a quality of yours. <laughs> the, I think the only jeopardy was in race one. I think after race two, it was a little bit anticlimactic. Okay. And that's not to take away at all from, from the eventual win at yeah. Spoiler alert, it was Ingram. Um, yeah, we've had races where it has been a bit more gone to the final race and there's people moving up, have to make another place to, you know. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, it rather fizzled out a little bit towards the end, which is credit to Ingram because he controlled races one and two from the position of power to give him that buffer. But when he went in 11 points clear, it was basically done. Do you think he was the only, only driver this weekend that properly attacked out of that top four? No, I think Hill gave it a, a blinking good go, to be okay. fair to him. Um, Colin tried but it's not his natural style I think no. it's fair to say and it didn't quite come off for him no. and Sutton wasn't driving a car it seemed more I mean the car wasn't really with him this weekend was it it's almost like I suggested that he wouldn't quite have the car to get over the line yes but as we'll get on to he had turbo issues in race one which held him back and then the car just didn't seem to have that pace again all weekend like I said it wouldn't he still qualified fairly well yeah that is true that is um, true yeah it was a good it was a good close when we came we've had Given how close it was going in, it was the closest title fight for 11 years, and yep. it was a, toying, a coin toss at times, it kind of just fizzled, fizzled out a little bit, I thought. And that's, to be fair, I say that's testament to Ingram, because of how well he controlled the weekend. He made it impossible for people to challenge him in fair play. That's, you know. Yeah, he, even at times where he could have just sat there, and especially in race three, he hadn't grasped it then. Yes, he had a, a decent lead, um, certainly more than Sutton came in at the start of the weekend. But he still had to make sure that a job was done. Oh yeah, of course. And he yeah. didn't sit back on it. He was willing to attack towards yeah. the end as well. Yeah, although as I say, by that point it it had been settled because there was no chance Hill was going to win the race from there, which is no. effectively going into race three. Hill or Sutton needed to win with Ingram finishing, I think, tenth or lower. Yeah, which was not likely. No, um, very much so. So yeah, it fizzled, fizzled out a little bit, but that is testament to the way Ingram conducted himself all weekend, and obviously great for him to win his first title. Um, we will be doing a separate championship pod looking at the various title winners, um, which might include a sort of prediction winner and bingo winner for doesn't, the year. Um, I think it does. No. And we'll say this pod will be slightly frustrating if you wanted to follow some of the back markers because we were at home all weekend and as such we only have the television and social media bits and pieces to go off and the camera work focused predominantly on the front lot. Yeah, which um, you kind of expect. Yeah, so this, um, so this pod will also focus particularly on their fights throughout the weekend, and there will be quite a few gaps in our knowledge owing to lack of replays, which is mad because every car's got a camera on, presumably. Well, yes and no. We we have these camera cars, as it were, for the weekend. Every car which must have... were the top four, but yes, you would think that every car would. They must do so they can go look at instances afterwards and yeah. look like of the course and that. So yeah. why can't we have like a you go online and pick whose camera you want to look at? Because that's far too modern for the BTCC. Yeah. It's something that we certainly need to look into, though. Because, you know, in F1, the Tifi's camera up every week, and 
basically why. But it means on the odd occasion... Entertainment purposes. It means when he takes the wrong turning, we can actually see if I'm on board, you know. <laughs> and I'd quite like to see that here, you know. Oh dear, yeah, that was quite funny this weekend. <laughs> so it would be good, I think, to see the same in touring cars. Yes. And also, particularly on this last weekend, and I don't want to waffle too much, but it'd be nice if we could have access to the team radios. Mm. because I think that would have been quite interesting this weekend, particularly given Ingram's comments about how he wanted an adult in the car with him and Spencer was keeping him calm every lap and telling him what, you know, who was where, what to do, etc. Yeah. I think that would have been really good insight for us to actually listen in to his fans. But as you say, we might get to that point once we've uh, ditched the cart horses and moved into the modern era. Well, get hybrid working first, maybe. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, we'll move straight into qualifying um, on Saturday now um, because there was some interesting happenings. Qualifying report. Well, I must say I'm absolutely intrigued by this point because you said some interesting goings-on happened in qualifying. I must have missed those. Well, it was the biggest gap from pole to second this year and possibly in quite a few years. Yeah, okay, there was 1 minute 29.529 seconds where it was vaguely interesting. <laughs> the rest was uh, not very. Yes. You know my views on qualifying. So Ingram took a stunning pole position um, and actually set three lap times yeah. that would have given him pole position. It's one of the, it's it, it's not just recently biased or hyperbole. It's one of the greatest touring car laps I think we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, to be four tenths over yep. four tenths quicker than Butcher, who qualified in second, is an amazing feat. With the pressure that you're under going yep. into the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that, that you have to get. A good standing, first of all. You you want to be in the top five, maybe six, at worst top eight, to try and kick on. To Ooh, go out nice there, little dig at Turkington there, mate. <laughs> to go out there and just set that bar so high yeah. that towards the end of the session he pulled it in, got out of the car with five minutes to go. What do you think that does to you know, Turkington, Hill, Sutton? Psychologically, particularly you look at uh, Turkson, who's near, who's seven tenths off, so nearly a second off. I mean, you must get out of the car and think we ain't going to beat him. It's almost like a sucker punch to the mm. ribs, isn't it? You're already halfway down, yeah, um, before you even get into the main part of the fight on Sunday. Um, you must look at that time and go, lads and lasses, we, we ain't going to beat him. Yeah, exactly. So Sutton was a further thousandth of a second off of Butcher in third. Mm-hmm. Hill finished fifth, half a second off of Ingram, and as you say, Turkington down in tenth, seven tenths off. That fifth for Hill was enough to secure the Wingfoot Award, so he didn't go home empty-handed. A good year for him qualifying. Elated by that, I think he was. Yeah, and actually, to be fair, when you look at his qualifying results, they have been particularly strong this season. Yeah, so Hill would take two poles, four seconds, a third, a fifth, a sixth, and a fifteenth, which, to be honest, is a frankly ridiculous set of qualifying results. He, he seems to know how to get the best out of the car, no matter what condition with that BMW, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think we'll get on to it in race three. I'm not sure the rest of BMW are necessarily happy, because no, I think no, he probably is... probably not. And it is pure speculation, but I think he is slightly making a mockery of the car doesn't work in the wet, in the cold, etc. Because, as you say, anything that's been thrown at him this season, he's dealt with, and actually he seems to be at, at one with that car. Um, so the top 17 uh, were covered by less than a second. Uh, Carl Bordley was also back this weekend. He Well, sort of. He finished 26th overall, um, was back in the car this weekend in replace of Powell, who had commitments outside of racing. Last we'll see of Powell? I think so, yeah. Agreed. Um, I don't think he's shown anywhere near enough, and I probably 
don't think he brings enough funding to a team like Team Hard. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the last we'll see of him. Just as a, as a little shout, your your guy for pole, 14th. Yeah, well, your guy for pole, 9th, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, a little bit higher. Um, well done. You've I, got a great point there, mate. I don't think either of us were expecting there to be such a performance from Tom, though. No, but equally, it's very easy to, to lose sight of uh, Bobby Thompson, who put the Cooper a sixth, mm. and Dexter Patterson, who put that dog of a car on seventh, which I, was a great effort by Dexter, that is. Thompson's lap came fairly early in the session, and yep. we were like, okay, that's a, that's a solid lap time. I wonder how he's going to fare with other people then starting to build up their pace. And he was like, he's still there. Yep. He's still there. And then towards the end of the pe- session, Patterson goes seventh, and I'm like, what the hell? Where's we went that higher. He went, we went third, fourth, I think, before other laps came in. You yeah. know, it was a that's a great effort by Dexter because uh, you know there's been some comments from um, Rick Parfit on social media about the suitability of that car, and obviously we don't know if it's the same for Patterson if he's not running the same team setup. But I think mm. it's fairly obvious to everyone that that car has probably had its day, and to put that in seventh, out qualify. You just listen to the names. Morgan, Cook, Turkington, Jelly, Lloyd, Shedden, Robot and Plato, Ricky Collard, his own teammate in Moffat. They are big names to be out qualified. It's a great it's a Herculean effort, I'd say. Yeah, I mean he's four tenths quicker than Moffat as well in the same car. And we we've always seen that this season Moffat has had generally the pace over him, um, yeah. especially in qualifying. There's a racer in there and I hope he's back next season because I really want to see what he can do with another season of you know, having this season under his belt. He's shown glimpses, and this this is one of them. Yeah, we'll get on to race one on Sunday. Race one. Well, after a st- stunning Saturday for Ingram, would he be able to continue that into race one on Sunday? Yes, race two coming up. <laughs> well, the stats were not on his side. Ingram had never won at the GP circuit, and nobody lower than second coming into the final round of the championship had gone on to take the crown. So... The stats weren't on his side, but as we know, stats and records, they're there to be broken. Yeah, exactly. It was the closest title for 11 years as well. That was a bit of a buzzword on Sunday as well. Um, as we were coming into the race, Chilton was at the back, uh, he, or towards the back. He was starting for a new engine, which is about the 19th thousandth one they've used this year. Um, do you think it's time to bring in grid penalties for engine use, like in F1? Quite possibly. So, so we already have penalties as such yeah. where points are taken away and the constructors for but it only, yeah, exactly. I understand um, but there's also a benefit to the driver having a brand new engine potentially So there's yes. no, and there's no actual yeah. punishment for the driver no um, um, and that's the whole point isn't it because in F1 I know they're obviously two complete different degrees of motorsport but you saw Hamilton took a new engine at Brazil last year and it was so much quicker than anybody else in a mm. brand new engine I don't think it's quite as obvious a performance gap in touring cars but a new engine's got to be slightly better than an old one, but it stands to reason it's got to be. Or do we look to limit the number of engines that well, we use in sustainability terms? Well, they have. That's why they've had penalties for the for for. It. Is it three? Well, I didn't. I, no, this, I don't know the number. This is a limit. <laughs> so you're proposing exactly the same as F1, like a five place or or yeah, more. Yeah, I'm saying because it's a bigger field. Yeah, I'm saying that you have a yeah, a set number of engines. I don't know what the maths to. I think F1 have too few, but yeah. But I don't know the maths to set that out. And yeah, if if you take a new engine, then you have to take a I think a ten place or fifteen place grid penalty. Okay. Certainly ten because it is a big field. Uh, assuming through wear and tear, if an engine fails for whatever reason, 
do you, is there any leeway? Do you reckon? Is there an F one? No. Verstappen's that got smashed into the wall at Cops and destroyed wasn't mm. wasn't sort of mitigated by the fact that an incident occurred. Let's not go down that route of who's to blame, but an incident occurred. Mm. So I don't. I think I think if you're in an accident that's not your fault, then you need to call claims direct. Then, then perhaps that's a mitigating factor. If 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 the if the toker comes to a decision that yes, car number whatever is completely a fault, you were just a passenger, that doesn't count as an engine write off. Okay. As long as it wasn't a teammate, because that's tactical. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> close as many loopholes as you can. But mm. yeah, I, I just wonder if you know they got they got deducted. I think thirty points in the constructors a title they're never going to win anyway. So you might there's there's no punitive measure I don't think no I understand that um, we've seen quite a lot this season especially from Accelerate changing between qualifying and the race mm. do you think that's been crucial to performances or I, I think that's perfectly fine it's still the still using the set number of engines in the pool they just decided we're going to do this on yeah. race day this on quality day I think that's absolutely fine I've got no problem with that so no sort of like uh, park Ferme condition sort of thing no I've got no problem with that particularly okay. I, I just think that it's time to look at more punitive measures in terms of the engine use because what's 30 points in a, in a you know if you're laser tools racing you might as well put new in every weekend because you're not yeah. in the tap you know you're not in the title yeah, race yeah, for that yeah. so what's what's the, what's the matter if you finish on yeah you know anyway i like to always try and revolutionize touring cars in every pod so that's that's that done um the start was interesting hill got squeezed by napper off the start damage to ash's bumper that was a feature all weekend, wasn't it? The flapping rear uh Might as well have guard. designed it like that. I think they probably did so. Man, he touched me and there's the proof that yeah. he must have hit me to loosen that off. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was particularly clever by anybody involved. I think there was a clear pincer manoeuvre by Camish and Hill. I also think Hill could have backed off as well. Yeah. It could have been a very silly and handed Ingram the title there and then really. <laughs> and so Hill, Hill did get, as you would expect, a good start with the rear wheel drive and, and was trying to launched through that gap but it was uh, quite firmly closed between the two of them yeah all could have done a bit better I think yes uh, strong start by Ingram who held his own good start held Butcher off into the first corner and got up to Druids in first position Kamish's defence ended at Druids deciding he was going to forget where the brake pedal was and just yeet himself off into the uh, runoff area I like how Harvey in commentary went oh did he get a touch there no Tim. no there was no one near him he did just massively outbreak himself yeah not great to Sutton's course. He was no. he was passed by the end of the second corner, but no. there you go. I, to be honest, on Cambridge, I think a lot was made, and perhaps too much was made. He'll be the rear gun action. He's a good driver. He's not a dirty driver. He's not going to punt you off if you're no. going if you pass him fairly. He's going to go, yeah, fair enough, mm. you know. And that's not a criticism. That's you know, it, it, it's a, it's a good thing. But yeah, he his defence rear guard action lasted all of two laps, which would have probably not made Ash particularly happy out front. Uh, if things that made me particularly sad, Patterson was shunted off at Graham Hill Bend. Cook involved, it looks like, following the post-race reprimand. Pity that, obviously, he'd qualified so well and he's back down to where he normally races by the end of three corners. It's a pity. Yes, very much so. Um, the rear-wheel drives are susceptible to being touched on that rear quarter um, and Cook didn't seem to give him any leeway at all on the outside of Graham Hill. Uh, we then had our first big accident of the weekend where Aaron Taylor-Smith was turned around. This scrambled a safety car. It seemed there was contact with hand. We got one replay that wasn't particularly conclusive, but it looks as if there was contact. Certainly, they expected to be a level of contact to turn Taylor-Smith round. Yeah, it broke, broke a rear toe link as well, and it was deformed the front of the car. Yeah. So that, that 
I think it's just a little bit of first lap bunching to be fair to a degree as well. Uh, before the safety car was scrambled, Sutton would try and kneel at clear ways with Butcher, just a little tap to try and get alongside. But Nacho in the second half of the season has come on so strongly, it was just not for passing. No, it wasn't. Um, and I did notice throughout the rest of the races over the weekend that Butcher seemed to take quite a lot of grass on the way into clear, clear ways. I will say to Butcher, and this is a real, I think, to his credit, that he wasn't content just to let the title runners come through. He was racing his race, yep. and if you want to come past, you've got to come past, mate, because I'm not going to let you. And that's good to see, because I hate watching drivers put their indicators on. You're not on. the only one, mate. I've heard Jason Plato doesn't like it too much either. Well, he did lose a championship that way, to yes. be fair. Yeah. I, look, I don't like it. Teammate, yes. Anybody else, you should race for your own position. Yeah. And I'm glad Butcher. And he wasn't alone. Other drivers, including Morgan, took the same attitude this weekend, yep. which, is, which is good to see. Then during, I'm going to mention this very briefly because I always like to mention track safety and whatnot. During the safety car and the recovery, mm-hmm. the recovery truck was very far across the the racetrack, leaving yes. a very small gap to go through. Yes. Was it necessary to be that small? Um, I think it looked smaller on the camera, which I, that, I think that's a fair point. A, a lot of things do. But where Taylor Smith's car was located on track, it was at the dip in between. Um, Sheen and Hawthorne, I believe, and it it was a bit of an awkward place. Yeah, I, I get um, that. So I understand that when you're needing to load a car onto the back of the trailer, which it did need. Yeah, it did need. You, you're going to have to be on a fairly flat surface. Yeah. Um, rather than sort of like pointing uphill or downhill. So, is there an argument that they could have gone through the short loop? to mitigate the problem entirely or was that overkill for the recovery I, I think that is overkill yeah um, I, I probably agree with you actually given the safety car was actually leading them through yeah, yeah and because it was right at the start of the race they were all bunched up together um, yeah. there was no one off the back of the field I just think it makes the margin for error very small and mm. on a weekend where recovery vehicles was a bit of a hot topic yeah. generally across motorsport yeah, it, I didn't think it was necessary for it to be that far across track, personally. But I'm probably over-panicking and overthinking. You overthink, surely but not. <laughs> anyway, I, I do think that motorsport has got a big problem with recovery process, generally speaking. Um, not just the touring cars. I think I've spoken at length about marshals working under double yellows, which I hate to see. Yep. Yeah, I, I think a big reform, a big look at, safety and this sort of thing is needed because it's only it feels like it's only a matter of time there was there were some curious recoveries this weekend mm. or, or cars left in strange places as and well we all almost saw a, a horrendous accident with the Porsche I, I, I don't know how it's gone over like that and nearly hit the Marshall Post well it has hit the Marshall Post it's landed on top of it thankfully I suppose you'd say the tyre barrier has done its job and taken the speed off so it just sort of perches on top of the Marshall Post rather than takes it out but considering we had a fatality here at Brands Hatch recently mm. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. It seems we're getting more common cars jumping fences. You think of the accident we've had at um, Thruxton earlier this year. Mm. You think there, of... there was a lot of lot of speed and energy involved yeah. in any sort of Porsche accident. Oh yeah, especially. Yeah. Um, and I think the the sort of like combination of factors of speed coming through Paddock Hill, the tiniest of touches on that rear end car going backwards across wet grass. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the barriers being, or tyre barriers being damp as well. I think tyre barriers could have been secured down a little bit more. We saw part yeah. of the tyre barrier come loose. Should we should we not have a anti-roll fence in front of all Marshall posts that goes well, up? Well, there is. 
Well, no, the one that goes properly high. Because he didn't jump the fence, he went over the tyre barrier and threw a tree, effectively. Yeah, but there is a metal mesh fence in front of that as well. Yeah, but it's not a high one, like it's down the pit straight. Yeah, same height. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, Which is why it didn't come down on top of that hut that they have. Um, So, yeah, it it, it is there to protect. It did protect, luckily enough. Um, But it's not something we want to see. The problem is, you see the flip side, you can say we'll put a gravel trap over it, but you see the flip side, like in race three with Crease, (laughs) that if a car digs in, it'll roll. Yep. So uh, there's not an easy solution apart from drive better. Motorsport is dangerous. It is. We we know that going into it. It is. It just feels this year across the motorsport, maybe we're more aware of it. I don't know. There's been a lot of question marks I've had about recovery processes as a whole. Anyway, that's my soapbox for this week. We won't get into the FIA and our argument on that one. We'll go back instead to the touring car action. Uh, Edwards would come into the pit lane with a problem on her car. It's been a bit of a feature of her season, hasn't it, really? That engine's fallen apart more often than not. Mm. She's not had the pace. It's been a bit of a disappointment. Not really kicked on from last year. Shame. No, there have, there have been signs. Yeah, yeah. And mitigating of, factors. Yeah. But it's been disappointing. Uh, she would return uh, later on for a testing session, which, fair enough, you'd expect that to happen. Uh, Ingram would lead the restart with an incredibly early get getaway. The safety guard hardly pulled off and Ingram was gone. They caught everyone napping. Yeah, um, coming out onto sort of like the back straight leading up to clearways. Um, coming out of there, he just went as you would on acceleration and caught Butcher slightly napping. And then Sutton, I think that's where his problem sort of started. That's my next note, yeah. I'd say he caught Butcher mid-weave, and yes. Butcher did react fairly well. And as you say, that yeah, that then the, the issues that was plaguing Sutton's car started to show, would later learn he had a turbo issue, which means he was losing about 50 horsepower mm. um, to his competitors, and it became a bit of a rear-guard action to how well he could keep cars behind. He was the cork in the bottle by uh, sort of like mid-race, wasn't he? He was. And talking of um, mid-race and mid-field battling. Uh, Cook would be shuffled down the order by both Turkerton and Jelly. Turkerton and Jelly on a string of each other. Again. Again. <laughs> uh, to be fair to Jelly, that's a testament to him. He's done really well this season at following Turkerton through. Yep. I've been really impressed with him overall this year. I think it's been his, probably one of his strongest seasons. Yeah, he's very comfortable in that BMW. He knows what he's going to get out of the car. It's on a more consistent basis as well. Uh, lap 7, we saw our second safety car of the day. Uh, Bordley and Parfit involved. We have absolutely no idea what happened. Um, there looked to be a brake fa- break fire on Bordley's car, so a potential brake failure that's taken him into somebody. Unfortunately, because of sort of like how the cameras were this weekend, I'm not even sure who was ahead of who. No, no, Going into, into Hawthorns. No replays, both off track, both having a chat on, on the sidelines. Um and then the weird thing is that this took a long time to decide how they were going to clear these cars. And then they just left them. And then they just put them up against the barrier where Parfits had already landed. And without repeating my point before, mm. there's a lot of question marks on yes. the recovery process. Yes. I think even more so on this one. Yeah. I think you're right. There's an, arg- there's an argument that the truck was fine and I'm overthinking it and being overly cautious. This one was bizarre. Yeah, because they were in the firing line. If yeah. the car has ended up there in the first place, then another one can. Can Exactly. So that was quite bizarre. And they were going to lift them, then didn't. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's a bit of a a balancing actually played here because safety cars do detract from the racing. It does limit the amount of racing laps and it takes away from the spectacle and fans have paid the money to see racing, etc., etc. And I get it to a degree. But fans have also paid to see racing that can continue not have to stop because we have a serious accident which mm. curtails the whole race yep. and 
I'd rather we spent a couple more laps around the safety car and got the move properly and see a Croft-esque pile-up from a couple, that qualifying yeah. pile-up where you're hitting stationary cars at pace. Yep. Okay. When we got back under uh, away, it was on lap number 12. Um, Ingram again with another strong restart, although Butcher did stick with him a little bit more this time round. Uh, Thompson, who was very racy in his Cooper this weekend, decided he was going to try and hold a move around the outside of Druids and nip past Hill in this. Very good move. Hill perhaps yeah. didn't fight it as strong as he may have done. Championship points in the equation, but strong move. Yeah, he was Hill really fired up. really good on into the brakes. Um, on the brakes, into there, should I say. Um, and yeah, held his line well around the outside. And I'd, I wonder whether Hill was like, I won't fight this at the moment because yeah. it could end up going wrong. I'll wait until it's all settled down and then I can have a proper attack back at him. Which is exactly what happened because uh, Thompson would go up behind Sutton but then Hill was able to nip back through at Sheen and then Thompson got a little bit of a turn at Graham Hill that later uh, from Hill as they were still racing side by side. Mm. Disappointing for Thompson who dropped back to 7th. However, I'd probably put it down as a racing incident. Yeah. Yeah, he, he think, held it well um, yeah. and as you say, didn't drop too far down. We also almost saw the spectacle I've been waiting for all season, which was Hill and Turkin starting to squabble, but kept it clean. Uh, Morgan was able to get ahead of them both, which again, quite happy to see Morgan, who is a customer to the BMW team, not pulling any favours and happy to, you know, not not wanting to just give up the position, which is great to see. Uh, Hill would fight, fight past Morgan at Druids. Uh, Turkin was forced wide into the dirt. It was just a nothing race from Turkin, was it? I mean, he just didn't... For someone that knew he had to go on the attack, he didn't really go on the attack. No, I wonder whether he'd already resigned himself, as you say, seeing that lap from Ingram on on Saturday. Yeah. Seeing the other two title rivals as well ahead of him on the grid, almost resigned himself to the fact of, okay, this probably isn't going to happen. Yeah, have you got to be in it to win it? I know, I know. And, you know, he had to get his elbows out, and I'd say he left a lot on the table, I'd say, in race one. And yeah. Not in race two. The dark thing is in race two. He was quite elbowy, mm. as we'll get to. Strange. But perhaps he didn't have the car underneath him. He struggled a bit with that car this year, I think it's yep. fair to say. And when it's worked well for him, it's worked very well. But it's not been consistent at all. Uh, Ollie Jackson was out with suspension damage. Uh, it seemed Patterson was involved going through um, into the Grand Prix loop. Yep. It was bit of contact, bit innocuous, but it can do damage. It was quite innocuous, I think, as well, because that was on passenger side of the car, and actually when he stopped, the damage was on the driver's side. So I'm not sure whether it was as a consequence of that later in the lap, or whether it was something completely different. We'll never know, because we've got a, a one-second shot of it before we went back to the leaders. Yeah. Um, this was a, a bit of the race I didn't enjoy watching, Hill sort of banged his way past Sutton a little bit, with then Morgan trying to follow through and, and sent Sutton into a half spin, which was collected very well. Yes. But, I don't know, I think both those drivers have a, a tendency, or actually all three do to a degree, Sutton less so in recent years, have a tendency to perhaps sometimes go on along the dark arts. We, Morgan, when he's the camera car, is always up somebody's chuff, isn't he? Always yes. there, rubbing, <laughs> banging, knocking... And he gets away with it a little bit because, I say, he's the man that's never mentioned on this podcast. So. <laughs> becomes becomes quite boisterous. Yeah. And um, I thought this was a little bit, I guess, frustration. You're behind a car that's clearly slower. Mm. He's holding you up. From Hill's point of view, he's stopping me getting to the podium place. He's stopping me going after the race winner. Yeah. Or race um, leader, sorry. But this was a little bit 
Mm, I wasn't particularly keen on, on how it's played out. No, I think it was right on the limit. Mm. Um, and if we'd seen any, anything further, um, then there may have been some uh, reprimands or consequences. This, of course, allowed the cars behind to queue up even further, so the queue behind certain became, frankly, ridiculous. Um, Osborne was then out, beached somewhere in the... We don't know where, don't know how, but Osborne was out, which was great for the the new livered up cars this weekend. A great livery, and we saw both of them due to problems they both had, so that's always good to see. Yeah, it's, it's a case of when you change your livery, you don't have a good weekend sometimes, isn't it? That's often the way. Uh, Sutton was able to hold fourth with Colin trying to out-drag him to the line, but not being successful in doing so. And a fairly, well, a very commanding victory from Tingram. Lights to flag, no problems at all. Fastest lap. Practically didn't have to worry out front, did he? Every, I tell you, at the end, though, he was really, uh, you saw the emotion start yeah, to build, yeah. you know. But, yeah, ticked all the boxes, got the fastest lap. No one else led a, led a lap. Right, took as many points as he could so far. Job done. Do you want to run through the point-paying positions then? Yeah, so podium was Ingram from Butcher from Hill, with Sutton finishing fourth from Turkington, Morgan. Thompson managed to finish in seventh overall, just ahead of his Jaxxies competitor, George Gamble. Uh, Dan Camish finished ninth, Jelly in tenth, Cook in 11th with Rowbottom, Lloyd, Collard and Moffat finishing off the point scorers. So that was Tom Ingram's 25th win of his career. You'd imagine there's many more to come as well. And that sets us up nicely for race number two. Race two. Going into race two then, Ingram was holding a three-point lead from Sutton and six points to Hill. Uh, Turkington, I think, was out of it by this point. Practically, he was still in it coming into the race too. I think, but wasn't he was thirty thirty odd points back. He dropped even further behind. Um, yeah, and so it was always going to be a struggle for him. It was an even start at the front. Uh, Butcher challenging Ingram round the outside, um, but coming to no avail as Ingram held position going into Druids. And it seemed like the first lap was just everyone was trying to jockey for position to settle into some sort of rhythm. Yeah. Um, no major moves or or major disappointments for everyone. Just a bit of door banging, really. Yeah, Brands is quite a narrow circuit, but there are plenty of places to overtake. So I guess you're trying to make that early advantage as quick as possible. Um, mm. Because whilst there are chances to overtake, it takes a couple of corners, generally speaking. So you set one up a couple of corners back and then you you know particularly through the GP circuit yeah. or through Druids you try and get on the outside so you're on the inside for Graham Hill again through the GP section it takes two three corners to actually set up a move yeah it certainly does all four of the uh, championship hopefuls were in the top five um, and still trying to build a gap to um, Morgan in sixth Turkington seemed very cautious early on behind Sutton um, whilst Hill was starting to catch um Butcher. Meanwhile, Ingram was trying to grow the gap to Butcher, and his early race pace from Ingram suggested that we were going to see almost like a carbon copy of race one. I don't know what what research they've done, how they've set that car up, but for most of the year they've set it up brilliantly, and they've done a lot of work on setup this season, and it really has paid off because when he's won, he's generally won convincingly and yes. commandingly. Nobody could touch him this weekend. No, not at all. And I think that we'll get to race three. If he had to go forward and had to have gone forward in race three, he would have done. Yes, certainly. Um, something that we didn't see, but we just saw on the sort of like timing screens, with Jelly slipped from ninth to seventeenth. 
uh, I assume that he got shuffled out wide in the early early part of the lap. Yeah, I'd have uh, thought so. Um, and when that early on in the race, you're always going to lose quite a few positions. Um, it was just unfortunate for that. Unfortunately, he was not in the right BMW to have a replay. So no, exactly. We'll never, never fully know. Um, Gamble was given a five-second penalty for a full start, which nowadays is it's a bit of a silly mistake, isn't it? But everyone will do it. Yeah. He's still young in his racing career, yeah. his touring car career in particular. It's quite easy just to slip on the clutch and whatnot. Everyone will do it at some point. So, yeah. Um, Sutton, again, was struggling for pace. Seemed to have no straight line speed or traction coming out the corners. Everyone around him was, was getting good exits, catching him up in a straight line. and just it, It's weird because on a, on a preview podcast about the touring cars, I, I distinctly remember somebody raising concerns about whether that car was actually good enough to fight for the title, whether he'd actually been driving outside of its ability all year. And uh, it was on here, wasn't it? I said that last time. Yeah, that's right. Tim Harvey actually mentioned it as well. Well, he's a very sensible man, isn't he? And (laughs) as such, it's great to be in such esteemed company. Oh, dear. I'm not sure you've said that ever before about Tim. Well, look, if I have to agree with Tim on a few things to prove I'm right about something, I'm willing to do so. Yeah, I'm wondering whether it was part of a reoccurrence of the turbo issue from race one. Uh, which is obviously not going to help in a straight line. I just don't think it's a very good car, which is why they're looking to bin him off and build rear-wheel drive cars. Okay, fair enough. Um, but he was still up there battling. I, I don't think it carries the hybrid weight well. I don't think it's taken to the hybrid era particularly well. I don't think it has to be rear-wheel drive. Just look at Ingram. Yeah. I do find it quite funny that Swindon, who lost the contract to build the engines, have built that engine <laughs> with Hyundai. And it is probably the quickest engine. I'd say so, yeah. Certainly, we saw that Silverstone. grunt in the straight well, line. You saw it at Silverstone, didn't you? That yeah. Just on the straight, Lloyd was just driving off. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the car's good enough to win, which is why I didn't have him as favourite coming into the weekend. Butcher would have uh, possibly the biggest moment of, of the race with a big slide coming off the kerb into Paddock Hill, um, which would allow Hill to get down the inside into Druids. Now... Coming off this slide, Butcher didn't do too much to get on the defensive straight away, did he? You're not going to, though, do you? You've unsettled the car. You've got, you have think about it, it's, it looks innocuous, but you think about it. Suddenly, all the weight has been shifted around the car. Yeah. All the bias has been shifted. The tyres are potentially dirty or got, you know, aren't now completely clear. And also, what is the point in ruining a title contender's race for defending that spot? You know, if Butcher was in a title fight, maybe, mm. but I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. He got unsettled. He messed the car up a little bit. You've got to try and get it back to the the position where it's you know working in its best possible harmony. Um, having recently done a track day ourselves, you get, you get sort of all the little nuances about weight shifting and all that kind of stuff. Yep. He'd lost the position. It had gone by that point. He'd, he'd lost the speed. Hill was up the inside. Sometimes you've just got to concede the position. I think that was perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I think even without that sort of like error, um, Hill would have probably have found a way past him later well, on he, into the race anyway. He Hill, needed to. Hill had so much more pace than him and was able to then pull away from him significantly. Yeah, and, and Hill needed to get through the pack because yeah. Ingram was winning. So, yeah, all, all fine for me. So, a couple of corners later uh, at Graham Hill, Turkington manages to get past Sutton. Um, on the drag towards the GP loop, um, which he needed to do, um, was almost inevitable with the lack of pace that was in that focus. Um, with six laps to go then, Hill started to visually close on Ingram and start to pr- uh, pressurise him. And I think it was like three, four tenths a lap 
he was catching him at. Yeah, it looked very ominous and yeah. a matter of time at that point, didn't it? Um, Butcher had then fallen into the clutches of Turkington. Uh, meanwhile, Gamble and Morgan were changing places. Now, was this, do you think, because of Gamble's penalty? Or do you think there was just a little bit more pace from Gamble at that point in the race? I think that, that, that Morgan would have been aware of the penalty and had had several laps to try and get past Sutton and hadn't managed so. So that Gamble ahead, you don't actually lose a position. Yep. And if Gamble can get ahead of Sutton, he might be able to bridge the five-second gap. You never know. The field does spread out, as we saw in race one. Ingram and Butch were eight seconds ahead of Hill, so it's possible to build up the gap. Yep. And also, if it kicks off between Gamble and um, Sutton, you can say, well, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take the benefit, but I yeah. have nothing to do with it, Governor. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, I think that's part of part part and parcel of it. So Turkington managed to pass Butcher into Surtees on lap 13, um, and at that point he would be two seconds behind the top two, as Hill was still gradually closing in on Ingram. And on the penultimate lap, Hill would get sideways through Hawthorns, and again two la- uh, two corners later, yeah. which sort of like ended his charge um, on the back of Ingram. He drenched his tyres, he said so afterwards that he pushed so hard he'd lost all rear grip and that, yep. that was enough. And also let's not forget that, whether it makes any difference or not, Turk, um, Ingram rather had saved up all his hybrid for the end Yeah, what well, doesn't make a difference, I don't know, but he saved the hybrid for the end. He, he knew that he was going to need it late on in the race to defend. Um, obviously going into that race he had the least amount of hybrid of all the drivers um, and he knew he had the pace advantage certainly in the early laps to not need it yeah agreed um so turkington closed by 1.8 seconds in two laps um but unfortunately it wasn't enough to keep him in the title fight fight despite finishing third sutton managed to finish fifth in the end and ingram would have an 11 point lead to hill with sutton a further three points back at the end of race two yeah i think as, as i alluded to in the intro i think that was championship done barring a miracle Um, you know I think that um, again Ingram was the only person to lead in the race he took the fastest lap he banked as many points as he could yeah Uh, I think the drivers would have known at that point he's second two out of the two races even even number 12 comes out can we get to the front they'd all want, have wanted it, it was so difficult because he'd sewn it up in many respects because if you get number 12 okay he, he might get caught in the pack but we've got to really get through to the front to score double points you know to the points necessary six comes out okay we might take a race win but you'd fully expect Ingram to be on the podium you know Yeah. so I, I think that it was basically done by this point barring any bad luck or incident to, to Ingram and I think the judges knew that as well Yes, and, and the, the amount of bad luck that people have in the final race of the season, um, it would probably, at that point, sort of like only have been matched by Camish, obviously, back in 2019. Yeah, Ingram's brakes did start to glow, and I started to have flashbacks. <laughs> you, you worried, didn't you? <laughs> I did indeed. Okay, so the order for race two, Ingram from Hill from Turkton, Butcher, Sutton, Morgan, Cook in seventh, Camish eighth, Thompson ninth, Lloyd, Gamble, Moffat, Rowbottom, Chilton and Stephen Jelly rounding out your top 15. Yeah, and Dan Lloyd will be promoted to pole position for race three. We should also mention, actually, in race one, that was enough to give Bobby Thompson the Jack Sears trophy. It was, yes. Um, Which we'll cover more on the upcoming Champions podcast. Yeah, uh, a very strong weekend for him on the whole, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. His best this season, I think, overall. Yeah. Race three. So then, race three, the title decider. 
was he going to do it? We know he did. I'm trying to build some tension. Everyone knows. Never ruined it now. Everyone knows. Go on. This is not a Twitch stream along. Watch along, is it? Kick on. Lloyd was on pole. Yes, Lloyd was on pole. <laughs> Ingram had a conundrum on how to play this one, I think, because obviously yes. you're battling in the pack. You don't want to do anything silly that takes you off and gifts the victory elsewhere. But if you just sit and you become a bit of a cork in the bottle, are you inviting pressure on? There, there were a couple of incidents in this race that he could have fallen victim to as well. He was. I think Sutton knew the race was done even before the start because he went for a radical setup, which basically suggests that mm. it's balls to the wall. This probably won't work, but hey, who knows? Let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to either end up in first or end up in a hedge backwards kind of thing, you know. I think that smacks a little bit of desperation, to be honest with you. And Yeah, it's the, it's the final roll of the dice, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you've used up all your, all your options and... Just try something different, because the car obviously wasn't working for him this weekend. Now, people come here for insightful insight. Go on then. Which is a really good mashup of words there, isn't it? Yeah. This wasn't mentioned on the uh, on the broadcast. Ingram started on the oil spill from the Genetics. He did. No, this wasn't picked up at No, all. it wasn't. This was potentially jeopardy, because he had to, in the Genetics races uh, beforehand, one of the drivers forgot that you kind of need to nail the throttle, but also sort of keep the car pointing in a straight line. And managed to go round and take out his person next to him on the grid slot, which was... 90 degrees left. I've not seen anything no. like it off a start line before. Um, Obviously, at Brands, being on that slight slope um, across the grid, you do get a little bit of sort of like wiggling away from rear-wheel drive cars. We see it with here. the BMWs. Um, but this Janetta literally just went anchors to the left. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> anchors to the left of me. Pit wall to the right, here I am. Oh my god. <laughs> we could make a charity single for Christmas. Yeah, sure. Anyway, yeah, so Ingram would have to start on the slippery part of the grid, and he did get a little bit of a slip coming off the grid as well. It was a little bit of a sort of went slightly sideways. I thought, oh no, he's bogged down, but he handled it with consummate ease, as you expect. Uh, he did, and it probably looked slightly worse on his uh, in car camera because he did have both Hill and Turkington, two rear drive cars ahead of him, that did get a good start. Talking of, we saw a really quite bizarre incident then, with, which was sort of Hill trying to go round Ingram, Turkington trying to box him in, but he ended up boxing in Hill in a very bizarre... Yes. And even Harvey said, well, Turkington's actually done nothing to help Hill there at all. He's not played the team game at all well, because going down the straight into the GP loop, yep. you had Ingram on the outside. Down to Hawthorne. Down yep. to Hawthorne. Haw- yeah, down the outside. outside. Hill on the inside. Turkson trying to box Ingram off, but they didn't leave Hill enough space to come through. Didn't accelerate to, sorry, decelerate to let Hill accelerate around the outside of him. Then moved across Hill in the braking zone, which meant Hill touched him. Yep. And then Ingram was sort of through a couple of corners later by holding the line. All very helpful there from Colin. It was bizarre. It was. <clears throat> it was. Especially as his title challenge had long gone by then. I don't know what he was trying to do. It, it, it almost looked as if he didn't know it was Hill behind him because, no. because at the start of the straight, go, okay, I get what he's doing here. He's boxing, he's blocking Ingram. Yep. He's going to just not accelerate as quick as he perhaps could do here and let Hill just drive around the outside of him. And I just... I, Racing his own race, wasn't I it? I couldn't then believe when he moved over in the broken I zone. I know, nor could I. Do you think they get on? Slightly grateful, though. Do you think they get on? I don't. Hmm... <sighs> He's got a bit of the, the Andrew Jordan thorn in the side kind of thing, isn't they don't it? Like it, do they? When someone else no. comes along in the, in the other team and um, does well. No, no, they don't. Um, I suppose also in Colin's quote defence, he's never had to play this role before. 
no, no, I understand that. But he's experienced enough to know how to do it. Yeah. But there we go. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. Yes. And I think he'll be a bit cheesed off, to be fair, and go, what on earth are you playing? <laughs> yes and no. Um, I, I think as the race played out, Hill didn't quite have enough about him to get to where he needed to be. Next lap, Ingram got past Turkson with absolute ease up at Druids. <laughs> Again, Turkson not interested in playing the team game at all. Kind of like, here yeah, mate, have it. Can't be bothered. It's going be fair, home. He, he did also let Hill through at the same time. He didn't, didn't yeah, halt but, his progress. But what's, but, more, what's more helpful I in know. that situation? Block, t- block Ingram and let Hill go. That, you know, He needed to get Hill in front of him and just sit and be a, you know, a tractor and hold Ingram up. But he just wasn't interested. To, to be fair... Mm, teammates this weekend didn't play that big a role no um and i'm sort of grateful for that because it it played out how uh, I mean, I'm it not. should have played a out a bit of drama would have been nice yeah yeah i understand that but yeah I mean, to be fair we've been treated to hill uh, sorry to neil turning turton around in a move in 2019 <laughs> of yep, this is my championship now mate yeah um robot then came a cropper being speared across the track by we believe collard how he avoided everybody, I've got no idea. And given we've just bashed on Turkton, let's just give him a bit of credit. I think he did so well to not hit the robot as he came mm. back across the track. He slammed on the brakes and did very well to, A, slam on the brakes, but do it in a way that meant nobody behind him crashes back of him. But, B, in a way that meant he didn't hit Robottom and anticipated it very well indeed. I'm amazing. I'm amazed that Robottom didn't hit anything mm. else as well. Um, and sort of like only limped away with sort of like a broken wheel I think it was yeah um, but yeah credit to Turkington for anchoring up and not causing a bigger accident because um, that, that could have been a big one as well because there were a lot of fo- lot of cars following as well particularly on fairly cold tyres still as well yeah absolutely uh, Parfit had his sort of regular trip into the gravel no idea how it happened possibly Butel given the um, the, the expression or the body language of Parfit as he was stood watching the field come by. Yeah, the raised arms a lap later. Yeah. It's a real shame because we've not seen the best of Rick Parfit. He's had this year a car that is no good. We've seen some comments of his on Facebook, which we won't go into here, but suggesting that he's not had the best equipment under him either. We've got no idea how good he actually is in touring car terms. We know he's a great race. We've seen his, you know, his CV speaks for itself. Mm. He's announced he's not coming back. I don't blame him. It must be pretty, pretty disheartening to have to pay your own sponsors, find your own money to compete in this series, and constantly be in a car that's not good enough. Or if you are in a position where you are able to challenge for where you are in the field, the standard of driving down that end is such that you end up in the gravel. We'd obviously mm-hmm. we on this instance we don't know, but I think there's been a couple of times this year where you've gone. Oh, there's no need for that to happen. Yep. Um, it's a sad, it's a shame he's going because he's a great character, and I think we should thank be thankful we had him for the two years we did. Hopefully see him in the future. But the problem is he's not going to get a deal with a big team in a, in a great car. It's just the way it is. So he's going to have to be at that level. And I don't blame him for wanting to move on to something new. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff uh, alongside the touring cars this year as well with festivals and yeah. stuff like that. And I think he, he's got a real passion for both. And it comes out when he's at the track, when he's at a festival. Um, so, yeah, maybe get into racing something else less consistently and stuff like that I can completely understand it's a shame because we need characters like him and we've lost one there and we've mm. lost another one in Plato this weekend there's not a, many characters in the sport no it'll be interesting to see whether any new ones come in 
Absolutely. Uh, this little incident brought out the safety car on lap number three, and during the safety car, sort of bunching up, Thompson pulled over uh, from second with an issue, which was um, heartbreaking, I'd say. He I, was, I was gutted for him. Yeah, yeah, I was gutted as well. He was on for a really good race, really good weekend, and it would have just been the cherry on the top at the end of the season to take home Jack Sears' title from getting so close a couple of years ago. Um, to then go into turbo failure in race three and having to pull up at the side of the track and absolutely slam the hell out the door. I don't blame him because I, I know this, this is a pointless comment because we've got no no idea of knowing. I think he could have won that race and probably would have won that race. I think the pace was there. I think his racecraft was there. Possibly. Lloyd didn't escape. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd and Cook were away at the front. Yeah, but I think that it would have been Lloyd, Cook and Thompson personally. Yeah. I think Thompson had the pace to go with him and could have probably... I think pass for the lead. It would have made it more interesting. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the safety car would end a race we started on lap number six. Sutton managed to get himself up into third of Morgan, shuffled back down the field. Um, Carish sort of came into his own in this race a little bit and was doing his utmost to keep Ingram and Hill behind him. Um, we saw that Butcher, as I mentioned earlier, was not content to sit by and allow the championship to happen, and he decided he was going to get himself up into third with a lovely move on Sutton at Paddock Hill Bend. Late lunge, but completely fair. The door's open, mm. no contact. Really nice little move by him. And I say it was nice to see him driving his race and not bowing to, you know, just letting the championship contenders move forward. Yeah, he, he's on a strong run of form at the end of the season. He wanted to end on a high. Um, Hill will be the next one to make a move, getting past Ingram at Sheen. A nice move, a couple of the wheels on the grass, but sensible by both. Gave each other racing room. Ingram knew it wasn't the end of the world and was quite happy to sort of allow that through. Uh, Back out front, Morgan rubbed the back of Sutton. We saw the trademark bumper damage ping off. That was say, a theme of the weekend. And then kind of the the moment of the race, really. Morgan was then turned around by Camish on the exit of Druids. Ingram managed to just avoid Camish veering left to avoid Morgan. It was so Inches. close. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it took really fast reactions from Ingram just to swing round at the last moment to miss the, the spinning rear of Morgan yeah. um, and it could have quite easily ended completely differently oh absolutely um, that was the moment luck was on his side and yes. I think that's probably the moment they started to etch the trophy yes um, Sutton and Hill started to have a little bit of a squabble which left Tom Ingram in a bit of a quandary because he was being held up which is putting him back into the clutch of the cars behind but obviously he didn't want to make a move on either of them which would take him out um, obviously I think this is the moment he needed Spencer to hold his hand the most and have an adult in the car of him as he said um, but then it kind of sort of just fizzle out for the last few laps I mean, nothing really happened until the final lap where Ingram decided that he turned up to race was going to race and took a what I thought was quite a crazy decision to run to take the outside line at Paddock and try and zip past Hill and Sutton yeah so Hill was trying to make a move on Sutton at the yes. time and um Sutton had almost run Hill slightly wide into the corner, and Ingram's like, oh, there's a door open there. I'll just uh, have a little look through, and coming into Druids, he was up the inside and um, and through. This forced Hill slightly wide, which dropped him into the gravel and basically ended his any chance he had. Um, yeah, I've got no idea why Ingram decided... Well, he's a racer, I guess, but... Yeah, I would... Um, yeah, I... Ingram, it's difficult. It, he went for the opportunity because he felt the risk versus reward was right. Yeah. Um, Hill was out wide. He was like, okay, yeah, I can, I can go and have this. I think if it had looked to l like it was going to go wrong, I think he still had time to pull out of it. 
Yeah, well. that's a fair point. Out front, Lloyd won in style. He held off Cook. Cook gave him a, a challenge for a couple of laps. It wasn't anything I'd say particularly strong by Cook. Had a go, but... They got close into Druids at one point. Yeah, um, I, but I, yeah, I d- just fell back. I think Cook had the car to pass, which is going for you in the predictions, of course. Yeah. But, um, Lloyd won in style, but nobody cared about that because obviously Ingram was... His position in uh, fifth was enough to take the title. And incidentally, nobody seemed to care that Crease was overturned out the exit of Clearways. We saw a shot of him upside down, saw him get out of the car, which is always great to see. And No replay. That was that. Uh, we have subsequently seen replays on social media. Crease was able to get down the inside of Edwards going through Clearways. Contact continued on the exit. And for me, Edwards has turned Crease round and put him into the track <coughs> which at quite high speed. And the clerk of the course agrees with me because there were penalties to be dished out uh, post the race, which one went did go to Jade Edwards, who received an official reprimand and had her license endorsed by the additional two penalty points for that instance. And Ricky Collard also received an official reprimand and had his license endorsed um, following the incident with Dan Rowbottom, which he won't care about because he's announced his retirement from racing. Yeah, which at 26 was quite amazing. You, I think we were talking about this Sunday morning before um, before the action had got underway and you said oh he, he looks like he might be moving sort of like over to australia maybe you'll do some racing out there v8 supercars obviously yeah the, exactly yeah. um and then this announcement comes out late on sunday night early sunday oh early monday morning and they were like oh okay 26 years old retired from racing it's like fair play yeah um, I think the style of racing he wants to do doesn't exist anymore. He's very much the old school, the play, the Plato and the Rob Collard era of, and Matt Neal for that that matter of, banging door handles, mm. and that's not the way touring cars is anymore. For better or for worse, that's your own opinion. I think it's for better. I think you get better racing, and we've seen some quite frankly ridiculous overtakes, which have been clear, clean. I mean, you think of, I always bring it up, um, Camish on the outside of Paddock Hill Bend in the pouring rain. You think some of the moves Sutton made in the Infinity, some of the moves Ingram has made, um, the Cook move at the Chicane this year at Fruxton. Yeah. You, know, you can make a great move without having to make contact. I, I don't necessarily think it is the case of the right kind of racing isn't there for him. I just think he might have other projects. Yeah. Might be family reasons. Um, it, it certainly suggests from his posts on social media that his family have put up with, or not put up, but have supported him so so much so far that he just wants to give something back it's a shame because he's a very good racing driver um, yes and I think that we didn't see the best of him this year through a series of bad luck um, it's a pity because I think there's a race winner in there as well but it's yeah. just not just not gone right for him this year and I can see his style doesn't fit with the modern day touring cars I think which is a shame because I, I do for all I've just said I do still like to see hard fast racing I do a bit of rubbing is fine as mm. well but I think that you're looking at the standard the the top guys are setting, and they're not making contact, they're not pushing to pass, and they're not really rubbing particularly, maybe Hill aside. But he normally stays just the right side of it. But you think yeah. of, you know, is there a cleaner overtaker than Tom Ingram? I don't think there is. No. Is there a more pure, hard, fast race than Ash Sutton? I don't think there is. You know. Yeah, I, I think we're in a new era. Um, just clearing up some general penalties, just before we move on to the... Uh, the predictions and the driver grades, etc. Um, Gazoo Race, Toyota Gazoo Racing had 70 points deducted from their manufacturers, constructors, and teams' championship scores, having changed um, an engine above the number permitted. And this is my point about a few laser tools, etc. Laser tools had 10 points deducted for over um, engine usage. Uh, Accelerate 
Bristol Street Motors had 30 points deducted for using too many engines. Car Store Power Max Racing had 30 points deducted for too many engines. And Halfords Cataclean had 10 points uh, deducted for too many engines. Again, if you're Car Max and Laser Tools, you're not going to win that championship anyway, so mm. what's it matter? That's why I think you've got to have group penalties, personally. Yeah, can understand that. Yeah. Would you include the points penalties as well, or would you do away with them? I'll do away with them because okay. yeah, what well, they're not, you know, none of the big the big competitive teams there. So I'm going to say BTC. I suppose you would say accelerate actually, but okay, BTC, Napa, WSR haven't changed, haven't had to go over the number of engine usage. No. The teams that have done aren't competing for titles. So what's 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 the point in taking points off them? Yeah, I understand that. So, right, should we move on to driver grades? Obviously, as we said, Tom Ingram was the champion. We're not just skirting over it. We're going to do, as I said before, a proper championship pod, looking into uh, Ingram's success this season, where he's come from, what's next for him, etc., etc., and also look at Thompson, the teams, the manufacturers. A quick congratulations to WSR, who have now done seven in a row, which is very impressive. Yep. But we're going to cover that all on a separate pod. Um, so we'll go on to the driver grades now, then, Sam, shall we? Yes. Well, uh, in the final full season review, we'll do a final pot, uh, final grade for the drivers. So we are focusing just on the Brands Hatch Grand Prix yep. iteration for this weekend. Hunterkin first up, and we're going to go for a B, a decent weekend on the whole. Look, he was out of it coming into it. I know everyone, including myself, that don't write him off. But you, to be fair, you look at the standard of the drivers above him. He was never really in it, I don't think, and actually finished quite a long way off in the end, forty points back. He was actually closer to Butcher in fifth mm. than he was to Hill in third. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he did what he could in the first two races. I think by race three, he was out of the championship. He wasn't really bothered, to be fair. No. Um, he was forced out wide in that race and dropped down to 12. Uh, it's a B overall. I don't think he could have done a great deal more. He needed a lot of luck to go his way. And after race, after qualifying, he'd have known it was done. Yep. Uh, Jelly gets a C, three good point scores, some instant, as you'd expect with Jelly, which dropped him down a little bit in race number two. I think he'd be slightly disappointed that he lost out in the top ten, finishing in the top ten of the overall point standings. Dan Lloyd was able to get back ahead of him, but equally Lloyd's taken three wins this season, um, yeah. whereas Jelly's only taken the one, and actually only taken one of a podium. But I think he's had a strong season, and this is a good race, three points scored, oh sorry, three points scoring finishes rather, it's a C. Uh, Jake Hill, a B. Ultimately, not quite enough this weekend. No, it, it was a good weekend for him. Um, yeah. Had good results, good finishes. Any other weekend, it's a great finish, isn't it? But, yeah, 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 it is. Um, but it just wasn't enough for what was actually needed this weekend to get him where he wanted to be. Although, I think it was slightly harsh. He's had a double podium. He's going to give him a B. Mm. I, I think it's probably an A. I'm not, what more could he really have done? I... I he needs to be taking that win in race race two. Yeah, but Ingram was so. I know, I know. He did have that chance. Did he? Well, look know, after I, your tyres a bit better. You've got to get past Ingram as well. Then, yeah, I know. Forget. I know. I think a B's harsh. I'd give him an A personally, but I know you just want to see the world burn, so we'll stick with B. It's fine. You're not you're not very charitable, are you? Apparently you're, not. You're a very hard marker, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I'm quite soft in comparison. Given we've given Sutton a B, I think we should give Hill an A. Why? Because he's done better than Sutton this weekend. But Sutton's had an 
awful car this weekend. That is drive. mitigation. Okay. Well, I've given away what we're giving Sutton. We're giving him a B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suppose your mitigation is that, yeah, even with a car that wasn't really working, he was able to keep second in the standings and get uh, three top five finishes. Yeah I, yeah, I I don't understand how he's wrestled that car to um, not finish outside the top five. Um, actually, he also gets a B for the really classy touch at the end with Ingram where he came over and gave him the number one and shook his hand and whatnot. Mm. And actually, also, he was the one that handed the trophy over, which yes. rather than Gal, which, yeah, <laughs> it's normally Gal. But no, I thought Sutton was really classy the way he handled this. Uh, I think Ingram is a very popular winner anyway. But Yeah, I think the two of them get on really well. There's a lot of respect from They're yeah. both very good drivers. But yeah, I really like that moment. Um, Camish gets a C. That the car wasn't good. Camish couldn't drive it to levels of Sutton. I think that's all we need to say really on that one. Yep. Osborne gets a C, does he? What are we giving him a C? That's high. No, I think we're giving him a D. I think you've mistyped there, sir. A retirement in race one, twenty seconds. Are we giving him a C? Because he got back to sixteenth in race two. Is that race three? Is that why? Is that the threshold now for a C? I don't think so. I was surprised. Um, yeah, a D for him, and also a D for Jackson. Uh, that side of the garage just oh, have God. not impressed this season, and this weekend was another one of those. It's been a dreadful season. Um, yeah, if if you have to look at it and say, do either of them actually merit a drive there next year? If, like speaking really harshly and hardly, do they merit a drive there next year? If Motorbase are keeping a Ford, or if they're keeping any of the Fords, are they actually going to develop any further? Or if they give them a, quote, better car? It's difficult, isn't it? Because oh, this is going to sound so harsh. But Go on, say it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, building a car isn't cheap. Are you going to build four cars, brand new cars, when two of those drivers realistically aren't going to get you the results you want. Okay, three might do. I think that might be slightly harsh on Jackson, but he's been quite poor this year and have been involved in a lot of incidents as well. Osborne, I'm not convinced at all, No. to be honest with you. He's been in the series a couple of years now and he's still not particularly impressed me at any moment, to be fair. He's I, had good machinery underneath him as well. That's the mitigating factor. Yeah, you know. I, I think it's a case a bit like Stroll in F1. Yes, he has his good good races occasionally but when your dad owns the team you've almost always got a foot in the door I think Stroll's had a much better season than Osborne has yes yes I'm not literally comparing the two you're comparing the situation yeah the situation of having family there that own the team you're always going to be it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't surprise me if only the Napa side develop a new car Mm. because I think the cost why would you and that sounds harsh but why would you Yep. because they're not going to be fighting for race wins no and Sutton, Sutton and Camish would dem- be demanding yeah. to fight for race wins. Okay, uh, Morgan gets a C, two sips, a non-finish, a bit of dirty driving, or what I'd say, what I class as dirty driving, a lot of rubbing at times. Uh, yeah, On the limit of old score, I'd call it. He's been very consistent this year with all his scores. It's either been a B or it's been a C. Yeah, Fair play to him. Uh, Gamble gets a B on the basis that expects slightly less from him and he delivered pretty well took the fight to he was comfortable fighting with those title challenges yeah he was um, and he didn't do anything silly or anything stupid Gordon Shedding and Dan Roberton both get C's it's not been a particularly great season for either of them though it has has had highlights particularly on the Shedding side of the garage Um, but focus on this race I expected that that Honda side that Honda to be stronger just very average yeah both caught up in problems as well which doesn't help uh, Dan Lloyd gets a B, fairly anonymous race one and two, but did all you could ask for in race number three, taking yep. home the victory. 
Ingram is an F. Terrible weekend. <laughs> what was the point? Obviously not. It's an A star. Another typo for you there, mate. <laughs> it's, an a, it's an A star for Ingram. It's almost the perfect weekend. Well, it was the perfect weekend. He won the title. But if you look on the results alone. Did everything that yeah. he needed to do, didn't he? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Tom Chilton gets a D. When you look at what Ingram's able to get out of that car and you compare it to someone of the experience Tom Chilton, you're left scratching your head a little bit. Now, Chilton is going to be there next year. Which leaves me scratching my head even further. Which I have means, to say. I don't fully disagree, but it does mean he'll be the, at a team for the, the same team for the first time since 2019. <laughs> um, where wow. he will at least have a degree of development knowledge about that car. Yep. And actually, he has, again, I don't want to go too far into the season the whole, but he's shown flashes in that car. Oh, yeah. This weekend was not one of them. No. Um, yeah. Boutel gets an E for me. It wasn't a good weekend from him. Uh, we I'm believe he caused the path instant. Believe, yeah. Um, and need to see better from him if he's going to be back next season. Yeah, I mean, he, he did yeah, he did okay in terms of his results this weekend. A 19th, a 24th and a 19th. About where you'd expect him to be running. But you're right, he's now into his third season. This is his third season. Uh, this is his second no. full season. No, because he's in the Mercedes before with Adam Morgan. And yeah. he was here last year with Trey Price. You're right. Thank you. That's all right. Yeah, so third third full season. Thank you. Um, I I would like to see a lot more from him from this season. I'd agree. E for this weekend might be slightly harsh, but he is involved in a lot of incidents, isn't he? Yes. Uh, Michael Crease is a D... Let's be fair, um, it just wasn't a good weekend. Fairly anonymous until he was upside down. And then they only cut to that and then cut away once he was out. <laughs> yeah, and Hand, who's taken a C, I think has outshone out Crease fairly well and fairly convincingly, which is a slight problem considering one's a rookie and one's not. Although Crease has only had limited experience in the touring cars, to be fair to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Both of them weren't didn't really... The Astros weren't really there this weekend, were they? The Astros washed. Yeah, we know. In the ideal world, there's going to be... Well, I can see a bit of a bidding war going up because Laser Tools will want two new cars. PMR presumably want two new cars and Motorbase are presumably selling two cars. Or four. Or four. At least two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cook gets a B for me. He did fairly well this weekend. Raced within what he could do with the car. Do they keep Hondas next year? That's, I think, the biggest question to ask. Do, do they build their own engine next year? That's an even bigger question to ask. It's not worked power-wise. We saw the problems, as we've seen all season, but did get through good results and a podium, so it's a B. Conversely, Plato and Edwards didn't know they were here. It, it was such a shame for Plato that he had no real spark to go out with. Yeah, it was... You would have known he was here. It was almost a typical Plato weekend from this season. I don't think I saw him on the camera once in the three races. No. It's uh, a shame because, you know, love him or hate him, I think he deserved a better send-off than he's got. Yes. Yeah, I would agree, considering his history in the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the biggest sort of... I mean, we should probably give him a C for his, um, his uh, race reversal draw for... Uh, race three alone, really, because it's very funny. It was quite entertaining, wasn't it? I'm going to be a porn star or a fighter pilot, so I suppose I'll be probably defending the air or something along <laughs> those lines. I'm going to miss him, and I'm I'm upset that he wasn't able to get a better send off this weekend. Mm. Uh, Thompson gets a B. That qualifying performance was excellent. He raced really hard with the big, you know, the quote big boys. 
he doesn't look out of place with them. I think there's a real good driver there. Um, and I think had the car not given up in a race three, guaranteed podium, if not race win. I was going to say, the Cupra seems to work really well around brands as well. Particularly in his hands. Yes. Yeah. Conversely, Aaron Taylor-Smith had a dreadful weekend. Not necessarily all for his fault. Lots of problems with the car. Didn't score a point. Double point. Sorry, double retirement. And as you just said, uh, the track where the car goes well, you'd, you'd expect so much more. It's an E, although there are mitigating factors. It's not all his fault. Yeah. Hamilton, again, two non-finishes and um, no points scored. <sighs> Didn't look on the pace. It's an E. Uh, Moffat gets a C. Three top 15 places in a Went under the radar this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, with all the fighting up front, the camera's always going to be there. But he he showed a good amount of consistency this weekend um, to be inside those point-scoring places as well. Agreed. And actually had no problems, as far as I'm aware, mechanically in the race, which might be the first time this season. <gasps> wow. Patterson, I'm giving a B to. It's slightly, perhaps, overinflated, but that qualifying performance is excellent. It was. Race one, it's not his fault. No, and actually, and the penalty given after the race shows that, and actually, he still did fairly well to finish twentieth. Fought it, back to points. Fought back. To, we retired in race one in the end of damage. Sorry. Sorry, across the weekend, fought yeah. back to get points. Fought back to twentieth in race two and fourteenth in race three, which means he finished the season on five points, which means he's beaten Gornell fairly obviously, Osborne, Edwards, and Butel, and obviously yeah. Parfit and Hamilton who didn't score points at all. Your first season to be beating somebody like Sam Osborne. I'm mm-hmm. not just trying to sit the boot in, but no. someone who's got the experience in, the, in, yep. in this division and is in a better car. Yep. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. He's done well. Um, Rick Parfit. Oh, I feel so dirty giving this result because I, I really like the guy, but it's just a really bad weekend. It's he, he's got caught up in bits and pieces and off the pace and qualifying. Not how he wanted it to all end. No, off the pace. I feel dirty giving him it. Because I really like him, I wanted him to do well, but it's it's based on the performance of the weekend. Car doesn't work. Nope. Um, Butcher gets an A. I fought for him to get an A on this one. He's qualified well. He's taken two podiums, a fourth. Raced really hard and fair with the title rivals. Mm. That totally looks. If you can switch that on for next season, the way it's switched on, particularly in the last two rounds, there's a title contender in there. Yes, very much so. A lot will depend on who his teammates as well, I think, for next year, which we'll find out in due course, we assume. Uh, possibly, possibly not. I, I think Butcher's probably got the wherewithal to do it sort of on his own. Kyle uh, gets a C. Fairly innocuous and quiet weekend from him. Involved in the robot incident in race three. Yeah. Yeah. Much la- for muchness. Lacked a little bit of pace compared to Silverstone. And compared to Butcher. Yeah. And then finally, Bordley, we're going to give a U2 because he qualified right at the back, as you'd somewhat expect, to be fair, and then didn't finish a single race, didn't start race two. Yeah, yeah. you can't grade him on that basis. Nope, not at all. Right, let's just do a very quick uh, wrap-up of our awards for the day. Sam, your driver of the day was... Uh, it was Ingram, yeah, funny enough. Yeah, yeah, surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was your villain of the day? You've not actually given me a villain yet. Uh, so do you want me to talk while you quickly think of one? No, I have already you have got, got one. one. Blimey, yes, it is the the Beavis and Morgan side of that Ford motor base unit. Um, Osborne and Jackson just absolutely nowhere this weekend. Caught up in incidents, either in a gravel trap or broken the car. or it, It's not a good way to end at your home circuit. I've gone for luck that's gone on Team Hard. Um, Tony Gillum must have walked under every bit of scaffolding he could find, 
kicked several black cats to death, broken Lord knows how many mirrors, whatever superstitions ones are there. Is saluting a magpie's one? Or not saluting a magpie's Something one? Something like that. Whatever, these are stepped on all the cracks on, yep. on the pavement. Because the luck this weekend for them, particularly when you think of how strong they the potential was, particularly with Aaron Taylor-Smith, particularly with Thompson. And, you know, Borden never got a chance to audition for next year or show what he's capable of. Parfit, the same. Hamilton, unfortunately, was really a sort of a weekend. It's been a long, difficult season for Hamilton for a variety of reasons. Um, but you look at, are you going to be in a position where you can get that many podiums? No, that that's that's just the way it is. Are you often in a position where you could be fighting for a race win? No. And for the turbo to let go on lap two is just horrendously heartbreaking. Yeah, you always want to try and finish the season on a high, and it just almost capped off how much bad luck they've almost had across the season with that turbo failure in race three for Thompson as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good surprise the weekend. We've agreed on this one as well. We have. Um, Butcher. I wasn't expecting Butcher to be top four all weekend. No, nor was I. Um, quite simply. Yeah, good result for him. Although he does go pretty well round here. And your bad surprise of the weekend? Was Robom. Yeah. Um, I think I went through him last time out as well. You did. And he's just... There needs to be more. I want more from him. We've seen more before. Last year. I want that to come back. Because it is in there. I don't think last year was just like a flash in the pan. Um, Good pun. Thank you. Uh, Completely unintentional. Oh, I know. Um... But, yeah, I think he could be a lot closer to Shedden than he has been. Mine's Plato. Look, oh, perhaps this is perhaps a more emotional re- uh, rather than an actual logical one, but I just, I don't know, I just expected a bit more. I expected him to at least be in the points, which, to be fair, given he's not been most of the season, perhaps was a bit silly of me. But I, I don't know, I just, for his final... I loved your optimism, though, out. going for a Plato win on well. the final race. Sometimes it's made up though, isn't it? We've seen it in the past. Mm, yeah, but... The dark thing is, if you could have got into that grid uh, oh, reversal, you, you never knew, but... Yeah, I'm disappointed for him, and... Yeah. Sad way to bow out, as we've said. Absolutely. Right, let's look at our championship, then. Of course, this will be discussed in greater detail on the Champions pod, where the champions are discussed. Um, start with the bingo. I got none this week. <laughs> which I am... How have I not got any? You look at these. <laughs> no. Nothing to lose. He's not going to do anything silly. And as we go into Paddock Hill Bend for the final time... I was amazed you didn't get that last one. I don't understand how that's not There was too much once. happening at Paddock Hill Bend for the final time. That's but why. Turkton literally had nothing to lose. The whole weekend he had nothing to lose. And I got nothing. All weekend he kept he kept skirting around there. He's not going to do anything silly. Mm. But wouldn't say it. Nope. And you got one point. Well done. Confusion of title contenders and their teammates. Looking at the replay of Camish going wide at Druids. He declared their Sutton going wide. Which yeah, which means I finish on 11 points. And you finish on 10 I was amazed that they didn't get Ingram using his lights. I know he was out front for most of the weekend. Um, but then in race three, darkness setting in, him with his lights on behind Hill. I thought, they've got to say it. But no, no, no such luck. Right, moving on to the Brands Decider, which is the decider for many a championship Talking this of no such luck. <laughs> yeah, you went for Cook, I went for Shedden. We were both wrong for that in terms yes. of the poll. <laughs> 
Uh, you got no race winners, having gone for Cook, Turkton and Sutton. Uh, I had gone for Hill, Ingram and Plato. I was closer than you. Yes. And got on right. Uh, your Jack Sears was quite... Uh, I, I still don't know why he went for this. Go bold or go home. Well, Gamble was the obvious one. I hadn't gone for him. I got for Thompson. I know, I know. You, and I you, have done. you went for Boutel? Yes. We'll just move on from that one. Yes, we shall. Um, the overall prediction I had would have a new title winner, mm. correct? And you had it would go down to the last race, which is such a cop-out, because it was always going down to the last race, unless they didn't nobody finished race one other than Ingram. You never know. You might have said they're going you to. You never know. You might have said they're going to be in Kent this weekend. You got that one right anyway. So yeah, yeah. Um, the brand's memory, nothing, nothing about oh, brand's memories. Ma- there wasn't even a montage, was no. there? I was like, what's going on? We always have a montage at the end of the season. Yep, nothing. Oh. No mention about that whatsoever. So that was good. Um, and then we had two adverts, which you both got right. I got there being advert about um, the cleft palate appeal, and there would be a guide dog lottery advert. Uh, you went for a Cat Protection League and Sun Life, which only came up 75,000 <laughs> times during the broadcast on Sunday. I was half expecting that the guy from Sun Life to come present Ingram with the trophy at the end <laughs> and give him a free park pen just for inquiring. <laughs> yeah. Which means that I finished the season on... Oh, oh, you finished on 25, I finished on 32, I think. Yes, you do. 32. Are you going to give me just a quick congratulatory message there? I think you should, it's only fair. It's only uh, yeah, well done. You've, you've had some good moments, um, specifically at Snetterton earlier this season, which I think was probably the clincher for you. I'd agree. Um, and, yeah, we, we, we've had some bad times and we've had some good times. On the pod or just generally? <laughs> but <laughs> on we are on our a, predictions. But we are seeing a counsellor. We are working <laughs> through the process. Um yeah, so the the start of the season didn't necessarily start off too strongly, but I think we got better towards the end. Agreed. I think we, we weren't quite sure what to expect with the hybrid yeah. and whatnot, nor has anybody been, and it's not been a particularly successful um, hybrid anyway, to be fair. Um, but yeah, well done. Good competition as, um, as always. Thank you for playing along with me, and thank you for your gracious... Um, yeah, your gracious defeat should we say and perhaps next year you can stop me taking the three let's hope so um do you have anything further to add from the brands weekend yeah let's just round off with the final driver standings then ingram on 394 taking the title from ash sutton on 382 hill 381 turkton 348 and just quickly to finish up the top 10 butcher on 318 bit of a gap back to cook on 296 shedden on 248 carriage 207 morgan 193 and dan lloyd 192 as I've said about nine times, we will do a Champions pod where we look into the Championships in more detail. Yes, um, so we will be back with a season roundup in a couple of weeks as well. Um, and we're also looking to do possibly even a Plato special, considering his longevity in the sport um, and what entertainment he has brought us over the years. Obviously, we're going into the off-season. If there's anything you'd actually like us to do a standalone pod on, please do feel free to get in touch and make suggestions. We are going to uh, try to keep content up over the off-season um, because there's a lot of months now between now and the start of next season. And it'd be a shame not to talk touring cars for half a year. Can't wait for the rumour mill to start. Well, it's already started, isn't yeah. it? You know. um, yeah, so we will try and get some more content to you. If there's a particular topic you want us to look at, say, get in touch, drop us a message on it, um, Instagram, Facebook, email, comment, etc., etc. You know how to get in touch with us by now. 
Yep, so it's been a brilliant Brands weekend that brought us some of the best racing, but most importantly, it has seen the bridesmaid become the bride and Ingram take his maiden title. Ding dong, wedding bells, they're gonna chime. Bye bye. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 